Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. It's your boy, CEO Hayes, back for another week. For any first-time listeners, you can go ahead off the top. I want you to follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or at the Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. You can follow me personally at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. Um, and also go, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. I finally made the decision of like what I want to do. So yeah, this this the, my podcast episodes, the videos are broken up and posted on YouTube as well, but I'm going to start doing some exclusive stuff there. Um, so yeah, I've I finally kind of gotten that together on what I want to turn and how I want to better use my YouTube channel as something a little bit more exclusive. So that's going on. But nonetheless, what's going on, everybody? As everyone knows, if you haven't been paying attention to my social media, by the time you're listening to this, or by the time this drops, I should say, because you can listen to it whenever, uh, my third year anniversary will actually be the next day. It's actually uh, August 4th is my third year anniversary. So we'll be dropping a special episode on August 4th as well. That one's going to be a little bit more introspective, shorter episode, but um, just want everyone to be on the lookout for that as well. But this week's episode, we have a guest. We have Mr. James Jackson in the building, who is a... Um, uh, photographer, a director. He does uh, a, a bunch of stuff creatively with video. We get into a chat about cameras, but before that, we talk about like being entrepreneurs and how to get into it and how like this season of like being in quarantine has helped people kind of find their creativity and stuff like that. The camera talk is at the end, so if that gets a little bit too nerdy for you, um, I understand. And uh, I have I have kind of changed the end of mine Hayes segment a little bit more to kind of adapt to the fact that I know the main discussion topic gets really techy. It gets really, really techy. Um, we also got, of course, Tia's back with the Cookie Chronicles. So uh, we got all that going on this week. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, we're going to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy-ass mind. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. What's going on? So we're in my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. And so, of course, I'm not, I, I can't even lie. Like I, I had like some other topics and whatever, but this is the end of mine of Hay segment. So I wanted to make it truly about what's on my mind. And so as we prepare for our 
third year anniversary show and our third year anniversary in general, um, what's been on my mind is the thing that I think separates me, right? And the thing that gets pointed out a lot about me is consistency. I have on just the Awakened Soul in the three years that I've done this have released just about 180 episodes. Um, and so that's just this podcast. As everyone knows, I have multiple podcasts and everything. So like what has allowed me to do that? What has helped me to like never get burnt out, never kind of fuzzle? I've only missed two weeks in that time, uh, two complete weeks where I didn't drop an episode. And one was for my mental health. Another one was for depression. Go and listen to that. I'm not going to get into that in a while. I'm not going to bring down the mood here. Um, but other than that, I've have released. And as you can see, because we're at damn near 180 episodes in three years, which episode uh, the special anniversary episode will be our 180th episode right at three years. Uh, as you can see, that's more episodes than weeks in the amount of time we've been around. And so what's gotten me through that is consistency. And so. You know, that's what gets pointed out. Um, I'm consistent. Even if I drop an episode late, I drop it. Um, and really up until 2020, I had been the model of consistency. I had dropped all my episodes Sunday evenings. Then we moved to Mondays and last couple of weeks has been Tuesdays. But um, some of that is just due to a kind of my schedule adjusting um, and other things going on. But I have been for the most part, the model of consistency. And so I wanted to talk about that during the In the Mind of Hayes segment is why consistency, I feel why I feel consistency is important, but also like what can what gets me through and helps me stay consistent. So the first thing, like I'm, I'm thinking about this and like why as like a culture, it's like consistency is is, you know, we, we got color people time. I've worked with podcasters um in my three years of doing this that ha- consistency has hurt them. It has hurt them. I know some people feel like not dropping episodes every week uh, doesn't hurt them. And the thing is, in the in your loyal listeners, it doesn't. You can drop whenever. People are, are loyal if, if they're going to be loyal. But in the sense of continuing to gain and grow your platform, consistency is at the utmost importance. When p- new subscribers come to your podcast and they see, oh, well, they've dropped like two episodes in the last three months and if you're not a monthly podcast the way that the the way that it like the way that people consume information out everybody wants it when they want it and the fact that there are so many podcasts in this space now that cover so many of the same topics um that it makes it easy and you always want in my opinion what i try to do is i like to be the appointment for people right i want whoever listens to the awakened soul to know when they go on their monday morning jog the awakened soul is going to be there and i think that that's helped it but that's also helped me grow in the sense that because of the consistency they feel comfortable the consistency and the quality which quality is something we're actually going the one main like discussion topic i have for the anniversary episode is quality so we'll talk about that but i think those two things have definitely helped me continue to grow to where i am and let, let me say like i had June, I had the most successful month that I've ever had in my history of podcasting, almost 40,000 downloads in the 30 day stretch there, which is just amazing. That's not normal for us. So I'm not going to act. And I, I haven't seen like July's yet, so I don't know where, where we fell with July. But I think the fact that of what we were able to do and why we're able to get to the point that I have been able to is consistency. And some things of this podcast have changed. The topics have changed from week to week. The style changes from week to week. That stuff isn't static. 
Um, so that changes, and I think that help that definitely helps as well because you can you get so many different flavors from the Awakened Soul. Um, shout out to everyone across the way. You know, guys know Scoop Grady had a, a, a segment on the Awakened Soul at one point. Shout out to my boy JB. He had a segment on the Awakened Soul at one point. Shanice had a, has had a consistent segment on the episode of, uh, at the, on the podcast at one point. Hell, I had the uh, the stupid idiot of the week segment that I got rid of um, at one point. So like we've had things that have changed and adapted and and kind of did and didn't work that we've had to make adjustments to over the course of the podcast. But the one thing is is that the topics, the 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 style, like the even when we have like sillier episodes and we're not as deep as we tend to be, the consistency of the Awakened Soul has been there and people have bought into me as a brand, this this podcast as a brand and they trust me, which is still blows my fucking mind, but consistency is something that I really I appreciate that I've been able to have because, and we'll talk about why, like the reason why it's easy for me to stay consistent with this podcast is because A, it's my therapy. When I don't do it, my I feel off, but outside of just it being my therapy, like I have the honest drive to continue to do this. And so you guys know I like my list, right? I've said this before. I like my list. So I think um, like reasons why I think it's hard for sometimes for us to stay consistent um, and I'll say me too, because there are times where I'm not consistent about everything like I am with this. So I think um, the lack of patience is one uh, it, to be consistent and to do something every week does take a level of detail, a level of patience um, to get it done uh, because life gets hectic and life gets hard and it's easy to kind of let things fall by the wayside. Um, uh, also, one reason why people struggle for consistency is they need instant gratification. And I won't call out any names, but there are some podcasters in this who have a hard time staying consistent with their podcast with their creation with their creativity because they want that instant gratification they want that instant big download number that tells that says to them they're doing big and they chase numbers when if you if you don't chase numbers it's easier to be consistent if you know what you're doing and you're passionate about what you're doing i will never tell anyone to pick a topic a subject or anything else just because it's going to be something that gets them easy numbers it has to be something that they are actually passionate about that's going to help with being consistent so you have to you have to get rid of that instant gratification because it's not going to come the the if your gratification is the numbers if it's engagement if it whatever it is that's going to come from consistency you can't base your consistency off getting that or wanting that right away number three lack of clarity and focus if you don't have a clear reason why you're doing what you're doing if you're not focused on what you're on on what you're doing or what your goal is it's easy to not stay consistent you have to have that clarity and focus in what you do like one thing that i will say while our i said it before while our topics change every week while sometimes the style changes every week one week i could be silly one week i'm really serious uh i could be goofy while all of that may not be stagnant the fact is is that I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I have a clear vision of what I want to do with the E-Waking Soul and the people that I want to reach with it. And I'm focused on getting there by any means necessary, adding so much stuff to the podcast over the last year, specifically with video and everything. Like if that, if I didn't have clarity on where I wanted to go and I wasn't focused on that, it would have been hard as fuck to stay consistent. So that's helped me as well. Um, not having supporting habits or triggers. That's, that's a big thing, right? If you don't have the habits that you need um to be consistent you won't be like you have to build everything in a habit i'm someone who i say if i don't do it right then and there if i don't build it into my routine i don't you know i won't stay consistent and you know i know some things shouldn't 
feel routine because people lose interest when when they feel like they're in a routine but again you have to that's why the clarity and focus has to be there because if you're focused and you have a clear vision of what you're doing then the building it into a routine and making it a habit does not become negative you got to build that muscle up number five on why it's hard to to stay consistent having an all or nothing mindset i can't stress enough how many people have that either they're doing great or fuck it, I'm not going to do it mindset. And that's not going to get you very far or very many places at all. So have that um, having that all or nothing mindset hurts. You, 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 It's going to be in this podcasting game, in this creative game. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You have to learn how to take stuff in stride. You have to know how to go with the flow. You also have to learn how to cut what doesn't work. I've said before, sometimes failing is better than succeeding for me personally, because when I do it, 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 it gets me excited, right? Because something didn't go or didn't come over the way that I thought it was. It didn't have the success that I thought it was. Now I have to go back to the drawing board. And that drawing board for me is such a therapeutic thing that I love having having those moments of having to go back to the drawing board. So you have to have that, that mindset to get into it. So why is being consistent important in podcasting? I think I've already kind of said it. Um, I said that, you know, it does help your audience. It helps grows it. It helps uh, helps get you to where you want to be. It helps you to, to, to improve things. There's so many things is that. But ultimately, I think um, being consistent, it, it makes you accountable for it. Right. Because if you don't if you are not consistent in what you do, if you don't hold yourself to being consistent in the things that you do um, and accountable in that. It, it, it it's it's bad business you have to um consistency is important because it does hold you accountable you know if you are st- striving to be do something consistently if it's a consistent quality if it's not a consistent again when i talk about consistency in this podcasting game i don't just mean dropping an episode every week or whatever if your schedule is i mean consistent in your quality as well we all have those sometimes those fluffer episodes right and i talked about it get the fluff out go and listen to it if you want to if you want to kind of um, go there with it. But I think, um, we got to hold ourselves accountable to whatever you, you want to be consistent in, in this podcasting game. If you know, you can't nail down and you say, look, I know I can't be consistent doing this weekly. I know I can't, there's going to be some weeks where I want to do it weekly, but I can be consistent to saying, I'm going to do it two times a month, hold yourself to that consistency, but you got to be accountable for that. Whatever you say, or again, if it's not a time frame, if it's a more of a quality thing, if it's every Time I drop an episode, I want to have the music, the sound effects, top fucking notch. I want my sound quality to be amazing. If those are the things that you want to be consistent about, hold yourself accountable to it and then build and grow that muscle. Um, and then ultimately, I think just more than anything, it, de- it definitely helps you get noticed. When they see and get that notification every time, every week, I should say, or every however often, or if they listen to your episode, like I said, if your thing, if your consistent thing you're gonna hold yourself to is more quality, or your guest, or whatever you're going to do, and they see it, shout out to Deuces, uh, also from from Geek Set. Like when we talk about a different form of consistency, even though he is doing it every week, but he's getting guests every single time he drops that YouTube video that just make you go, "Wow, I gotta listen to this interview." That's the form of consistency too, but it helps you develop with your audience, man. And so um, I think it's also to, important to, to think about how you want to build that consistency. You have to, sometimes you have to build too. So you have to set your steps up in a way that's going to help you uh, stay on track, uh, build a schedule, uh, content, content uh, schedules and calendars, which is something Tia brought to me 
is is awesome for people that need that. So don't be afraid to use those tools um, and also consistent in your engagement game. That's something that I've admittedly fallen off from in 2020. I used to be one of the best at being engaged on social media all the time. Now, I've I think that I've adapted from that, even though I'm not as consistent on social media as I once was at one point, I still engage. I talk to my listeners. We reach out. I go off ideas and topics that they have. Some of the topics that have come into this podcast is because my listeners have wanted to hear my perspective on it. So I keep that uh, that ability to engage in, in whatever else as well. So it's it's a lot of things that I think me being consistent has helped with overall, if you can't tell in my podcast journey. And so that's just what I wanted to spend some time that's been on my mind is like what separates you, what makes you different. And, you know, for example, like and this, uh, I swear this isn't to brag. This is just to talk like um, about how consistency has helped me, because I like to put practical reasons why I think consistency is important. One of the re- one of the ways consistency has helped me is I'm syndicated on a few different radio stations. Um, this podcast is, and now they're not huge radio stations; they're they're smaller radio stations. But it still has helped me grow. But those radio stations wouldn't have been after me or interested in airing my content if they didn't know that they were going to get something from me every single week to air. If they had to worry about oh what days or whatever this is going to air, that would have been a problem. So I think that consistency level has helped me as well, for sure. Um, shout out to Mile High Radio for for real, which, uh, you know, that deal came through and has really, really helped me a lot. So that's it, man. That's all I had to say. I just wanted to point out the facts of, of being consistent and why that helps instead of hurts and everything going on there. Um, but, yeah, that's all that's been on my mind. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. We're going to get into the Cookie Chronicles. Um, for the watchers on YouTube, you the next video up will be the Cookie Chronicles. Uh, somebody pointed that out, how I film my transitions, like, because it is mainly a podcast. And then they're like, okay, the video ended. What do you mean what's next? So uh, next video, Cookie Chronicles, uh, which she has some, a special message for you guys. So check that one out. Um, and then after that, we get into the conversation with James Jackson, a YouTuber, one of many YouTubers to, to start coming on the podcast. I look forward to talking to you guys. I'll see you guys on the other side of that. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. Bed. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as the Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door, you know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you. You ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. Hey guys, welcome to the Cookie Chronicles segment here on the Awaken Soul Podcast. And today, this week is dedicated to the Awakened Soul and King Hayes, the king of content. Now, if you've been paying attention, then you know that this is his third year anniversary for the Awakened Soul. And so this is just gonna be dedicated to him. Um, 
from me, the first lady to you, King Hayes, I just want to say how much I love and appreciate you for all that you do. Um, and not just in the podcasting world, just, you know, on a personal level. Like, we've been great friends over the years and you've helped me personally and with podcasting. Like, podcasting has been a big thing for both of us. Um, and we met so many years ago just trying to trying to climb the podcast and ladder. <laughs> um, but you've helped me so much and you've climbed that ladder really, really fast. And you've done an awesome, awesome, superb job with The Awakened Soul. Um, again, kudos and congrats, congrats for last week when you hit almost 40,000 downloads in 30 days. Like that is fucking huge. Um, let's keep the momentum going here, but thank you for all that you do. Thank you for bringing your thoughts and your crazy twisted mind to the awakened soul and helping so many people uh, with their personal lives um, through the messages that you give. And also helping other content creators, you know, perfect their craft. Like you're very good at helping other people um, learn the business, you know, and making it a business and helping them with equipment and doing your Saturday lives that people love and look forward to. And just all of your advice is just amazing. Like you're amazing. And I'm really, really, really grateful to have known you and to have been a part of the Awakened Soul. Um, again, thank you so much for inviting me on back in December to do the Cookie Chronicle segment and bringing me back into podcasting. <laughs> um, because if people don't know, I was gone for a minute uh, from August of last year up until January. I was gone from podcasting and I didn't quite know when I was going to come back. It took for Hayes to like reach out and say, hey, you know, I would love for you to do a segment of Cookie Chronicles on the Awakened Soul and then put me on blast. Okay, like complete blast on the first episode, <laughs> letting me know that I can do it and that you believed in me and that I had great talent. And it was just good to hear those things reiterated, especially from someone as esteemed as yourself. So I just want to thank you from the bottom, bottom, bottom of my heart, the depths of my soul for inviting me on and including me in your world. And even for Love Less and Badass, just thank you for everything. You're just overall an awesome person. And so congratulations on your third year with The Awakened Soul. Congratulations on your 39,000 downloads for the past 30 days i think that was for january um june excuse me and kudos to everything that you're doing and you're, you're about to keep doing so everybody shout out Hayes on the awakened soul podcast page on instagram also in the group that he has on facebook and if you're a content creator and he has helped you in any way shape or form or encouraged you um Get, giving you ideas for your platform, make sure you give Hayes his flowers while he is here. Let's not wait until something happens to say how much we appreciate him and all that he does with The Awakened Soul and all of his other platforms and his hope. All right, you guys? All right, so this was short and sweet. I just wanted to make this dedicated to Hayes and The Awakened Soul. And I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We have a special first-time guest in the building that I'm about to introduce. Uh, uh, this is, interview's been like a month or two in the making, so I'm glad we were finally <laughs> able uh, to bring it to you guys. We have Mr. James Jackson himself uh, in the building, man. What's going on, bro? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I can't complain, man. And what a time. I, I guess it, I, everything works out for a reason, right? Because when we originally did this, I think mm-hmm. I, when we started planning this, I think it was before the Canon R5 was officially announced and we had like any videos from it. And then we had the now we have the Sony A7S 3 coming out. But yeah. uh, before we get into tech and talking about all that, I want to talk to you, man, just just about you. Like you're we talked a little bit before we officially started recording your creative journey, man, getting into YouTube mm-hmm. uh, more heavily. And just what that looks like, yeah. because I think we live in a time now, like with everything going on, that people are starting to find their creative lanes are starting to find the importance in streaming and they're taking that chance on starting that YouTube channel. So I think it's important to like bring creative journeys to people so where they can hear it, man, and digest it. So like what what was yours if you if you want to share it? Yeah, man. So um, I've uh, I've kind of been basically been doing like freelance video work for about seven years now. Um Stabbled in some AV. I still do AV work, um, but a lot of it. I was always into filmmaking, so I was just freelancing for a while. And then, you know, when I, you know, when I had a previous job, I was just, I got, at that job, I was just like, you know what? Let me just try to find ways to start making some little side money, some passive money. So I already had a YouTube channel, but I never really did anything about. It. But then I just started just doing like little vlogs and things like that, and. I just, I just, cause I always love talking about films. I like, I watch every YouTube, like all the major YouTube, like video content creators mm-hmm. channels, uh, read up on all the specs and all the texts and everything. And, you know, I just wanted, I sort of was coming across people who were just like, wanted to learn more. So, and I just started like chatting with them and I was just like, Hey, maybe I'll just start doing this more on a YouTube channel. And it started off really slow. And then like black magic came out with the pocket 4k. Mm-hmm. And I was like one of the first to actually get the camera. Okay. So, and that's sort of where everything sort of took off where I was just, where, uh, I just really be, loved like getting in and being able to share what I know about ca- cameras and what I know about, um, video production and filmmaking in general. And I, and I, just, I cause I don't try to just do anything just about cameras. I actually also try to get more people learning about lighting, post-production, color grading, things like that to get sort of help out. So, cause at the end of the day, to me, it's like, if I can help more people, you know, get creative 
especially now with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Want to get more people to get themselves in to sort of get into more of the creative space with YouTube, even Instagram. Instagram is starting to grow a little bit more of yeah. sort of a content creation. Um, I, I feel like that's something that I can just like at least try to sort of help more people and sort of people like you and me, you know, people color like you and me try to get more in space to help, you know, give themselves some other streams of income. So definitely. Uh, and, that, and that's good, man, to have the the perspective of wanting to actually help people and especially like people, because we, while YouTube is a huge place and there's people of all shapes, colors, sizes and everything in the spectrum, like I feel like there's really only a few prominent black YouTubers, right? And so I remember mm-hmm. the first video I ever saw of yours was you were doing a test of the of the GH5 outside. I don't even remember where you were or whatnot. That was the first one I watched. And at that time, mm-hmm. like that was like because I'm I'm a I'm a Lumix uh, person through and through. Like almost every camera except the Sony mm-hmm. A6400 I use has all been Lumix. And so like me searching through videos, it was it just wasn't that many people of color talking about it. So definitely, like yeah. at that point, I was like. All right, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna follow this guy. So that was even before like the podcast and everything. So, yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. It was the that's when HLG they just put the firmware out for the yeah, HLG exactly, and everybody was sort of because that's when HDR people were really starting to try to learn more about HDR because when that at that time it was like a big old like wild wild west in terms of HDR content and nobody really knew what was going on. So I was just like, you know, so yeah, I. That vi- that's actually I think still my biggest like my biggest view uh, video on YouTube right now. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, because it's like yeah, the GH5 was very popular at the time in HLG, um, which was just coming out. But yeah, it was it's um it's a beautiful time as a filmmaker, content creator right now, man. Like you said, like art. Well, I think we'll definitely talk about the R5 because there's some news that just broke. To, a lot of stuff bro- happened today yeah, yeah. that may it, that even shifted my viewpoint of of the R5 particularly. And we'll definitely talk about the A7S2. I'm sorry, <laughs> three. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, ca- I, I, I keep losing track of all these numbers on these cameras. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that I mean, still either way, it's still you got Blackmagic with their cameras, Zcam. Obviously, Panasonic with the, you know, even with their Micro Four Thirds or even with like the S1 and the S1H. So there's options galore everywhere right now. There's, there really isn't an, ex- the only excuse is just you, as people not going out and doing content. Like there is no reason why you can't go out and make good content yeah. or at least just go out to just give something passionate. Yeah, at this point in time, like it, it's, it's so, it's so much stuff out here and so at, at different price ranges too. Where you can really go out and make content. I think something that because I'm I'm podcast. I just started getting into like the video and and YouTube thing more consistently in the last year or so. But I think um, with podcasting, we're starting to see the benefit of video and podcasting. And so like with that, like it's just an, another added another layer to creativity. And so like I know I was me and like in our little podcasting circle it was me and another guy named Dan. We were kind of the first to consistently use video. But now over this quarantine, like people are coming and hitting me up. I'm like, I'm not a professional videographer. Like I'm still new to this. Um, But the questions definitely come up and you see people starting to take more, pay more attention to the tech. And, you know, some of it is really expensive um, in three, four thousand dollar range. But really, at this point now, you can find really good cameras for much less than that. If you're just starting and just wanting to do the the sitting head, the uh, talking head type thing. So, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's content from 
that you are equipment you can go from all over the spectrum to use for real. No, totally. I mean, look, like I think it was like, especially podcasts. It's amazing how funny how podcasts sort of blew up. Because I remember I was like just checking out the roadcaster like in the early stages of COVID. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll get it. But I was like, I was, but this time I started hearing the rumors of the R5. So I was like, I'll wait <laughs> for the, and then it was gone for like a month. Yeah. And I was just like, what the heck? So everybody just decided to just start doing podcasting. And it was yeah. like, well, we're home. Might as well just start doing podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was but, for me too with the A10 Mini. Cause I had planned on ordering one forever. It was before COVID. And then, Luckily, they announced the A10 Mini Pro, and I was like, "Okay, I'll wait for it." And I just—it took me. I ordered, pre-ordered one from uh, Adorama, and it took two months for it to get to me. I was like, "Shit, this, this is crazy, man." Yeah, I, look, I I don't want to knock Adorama or BNH or those big companies because they they are great great little stores that just picks things up. My only problem is is that I never try to pre-order. First of all, I don't think I've ever pre-ordered any product that I've bought. <laughs> the thing I, that I've always done is look at um, local or smaller camera stores and uh, video-centric stores to see when they have it. Because um, a lot of them put like one or two items on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So if you're quick and you find it, you can get it when they first initially come out. That's actually how I got the Pocket 4K is um, – I I waited till it came available and then like a small store like off Long Island had one available on Amazon and that day I just grabbed it. it and while everybody was still waiting pre-orders and I remember I got a, somebody I was like wait you never pre-ordered I was like no so for everybody <laughs> out there check your mom and pop stores yeah. and always always check your mom and pop stores first see if you can try to get in because nobody really goes to them everybody always tries to go to to the big stores but if you go to your mom and pop store first odds are you could probably get it uh pretty soon that's actually i don't i know you know um simon the ordinary filmmaker yeah 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 he just put up a video that he just got his r5 in today he just did the unboxing wow that's crazy yeah (laughs) Uh, because he because he called like his local camera store and just basically they put him on the list and he was like number like number two or number three on on the list so as soon as he was like got uh, so as soon as that happened he got it so yeah always go local first (laughs) yeah definitely definitely Mm -hmm. um so the last thing that i want to talk about before we get into like the the tech and the cameras and everything is so you 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 have your own production company um and I, I, I'm, I started before COVID, like actually taking jobs and I had a couple of weddings scheduled and everything, but like some, somebody who maybe is a starting out photographer and wants to figure out how to like get themselves out there or whatever, like what were the kind of steps that you took or any suggestions or anything you could offer somebody um, who's starting that journey themselves? Sure. Um, uh, the first thing I would say is you got to build your portfolio, build a portfolio and, uh, well, first, actually, let me double back. The first thing I would say is make sure you really know what your brand is so you can f- make sh- find ways to make sure you stand out. So one of the things of us, my company is called D-Luminous Productions. And the main thing with us is we're about, you know, uplifting and telling the stories of people of color. We are like our thing is like being vocal. We want to make sure we deliver high qu- deliver something to a more of a minority group that doesn't necessarily give the, get the quality content terms of quality video that they normally get. Okay. So that was sort of my brand. And that's sort of been sort of what's been successful for us and what's been 
getting people to start working with us. Um, the next, so just knowing your brand is the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is obviously if you don't have a portfolio, you got to do some free work and also know the market you want to be in and get free work in there. And the easiest way, I, I mean, you can all go and do free work, but I would be, there's a way to do free work and then there's not a way to do free work. Okay. But I say the best way is like, if you know people who have, if you have friends that have their own business or have something unique and something that you enjoy yourself, maybe you've got the service or done products with them, do, do, for, uh, do some free work for them. Uh, I recently did that. I recently did that with a friend of mine who has a, a, um, a steaming cleaning company and you know, the video turned that way and all of a sudden it's blown up and now people are coming more towards me asking sort of like what type of video service we can provide. But the thing is just, the key is just finding different ways to get your name out there, get your name out there, get your brand out there. So it's a hustle. I mean, it's a hustle. It's a hustle industry. So you just, the more you can get yourself out there and the more you can make yourself known, the better you're going to be the more successful you're going to be. That is basically um, my suggestions. Well, there you go, man. Y'all heard it from him. Do it. Listen, listen. I got way more advice than what I can offer you guys. But let's get into the the, the tech. Let's get into the equipment, the yeah. cameras, man. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. Because this is just the way that the last 24 to 48 hours have unfolded have just been crazy like between really it's like the last couple of weeks or so like ever since the, the we got yeah. the, the official release and people started getting the, the r5 in their hands and of course overheating was the story there hmm. so sony a7s3 uh got announced yesterday people started videos hmm. actually started popping out the day before it was really weird reviews some overheating mm-hmm. stuff came out and then today like you like you alluded to more canon r5 news man so whereas like as it all has kind of sits right now what what's where, where, where are you at with all with everything that's going on i guess to say i will tell you this right now this morning i if you follow me on my channel yeah. um i let's say let's we got to start with the r5 first because that's really what kicked all this off yeah. the r5 and the r6 like these were these big hyped up cameras and because obviously the specs were like really they were Canon was really coming with something that they typically weren't doing, especially with the R5 with 8K video. So of course they finally officially announced it and then of course they they sort of and then they also mentioned there's overheating problems. Yeah. And that sort of spiraled the whole thing with heating and then a couple of the uh, ambassadors of Canon mentioned, yeah, there's overheating. And then more of the actual testers actually got in and started testing it and really pushed, putting it on the pressure. And, and yeah, we started learning more that uh, there's some issue. There, there was some good, there was a really amount of concerns with overheating. And then Sony timed it up with the A7S coming out. Um, it's right now. It's just so, it's so interesting because, before I like to this morning, I would have told you I'm not concerned with the R with the overheating of the R5, mm-hmm. mainly because it's it's just me personally and how I shoot and how I shoot is sort of like I'm I record I shoot I always know what I want to shoot so I go and just shoot and shoot only what I need and then so I always shoot and then I stop turn the camera off so the overheating was never a concern to me and also i i was reading up on ways that you could sort of manage the heat with it's with external batteries external um external recording so i was like oh, no there's going to be some ways and also people are going to try to find solutions and we already heard that already with tilta announcing that they have some sort of cooling kit for the r5 so 
I wasn't concerned. Then, uh, then Armando's video drops. Yeah. That was the first part. I don't know. You saw that video? I saw some. I the didn't get a chance to today. finish it yet. Yeah, I saw some of it though. So yeah, the but the big thing that all of a sudden that really sort of set it in tone was the fact that they were just sort of getting in and setting up, and then when they turned it on to start recording. AK for the for the videos that he released. By the way, that few good men scene he put out. Oh my, was, Armando is amazing. The actors man. were awesome. Yeah, the actors were awesome on that. So I gotta say, I get a credit to the actors and good job for Armando for that. But uh, apparently, they only had a few minutes to record 8K because they were originally going to plan to shoot 8K. But then they only got a few minutes because they were setting up and making sure getting everything ready. And then they had to shoot the rest in 4K. And the, really the thing that really got said, okay, went from not really to start, okay, okay, this is kind of, this is serious, was the fact that he mentioned that when you go out of HDMI, because this was the whole argument I was making up until this point, that you can go out of HDMI and you shouldn't have to deal with overheating as much. Mm-hmm. But apparently the heat management's um, act, the heat management that's in the R5 is disabled once you go, when you send a clean signal out of the R5. So meaning it heats faster without the heat management portion of it. So that's when I was like, okay, so yeah, this is problematic. And uh yeah, I was just like, okay. But I and now news broke uh that Canon's actually recalling their cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy, man. This is like this is uh, the only thing that I could compare this to is I don't know if you're a Samsung or Apple user, but when Samsung dropped the Galaxy Note 7, I believe it was, and they started having blowing up and they had to recall all of the units. Mm-hmm. like that. And it's not that bad yet. Let me let me just make it clear. It's not quite that yeah. bad yet, but it, it's just, it reminds me that it's like the biggest thing that has happened in the tech world in a while. But go ahead, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. What I was going to say is, and I was going to say is, um, look, it's not like the camera's completely unusable for video. But the key things that were making it the selling points is what's being problematic right now. Um, Because the the 4K, because you still, from what everybody has said, if you record normally in 4K, the normal 4K, there's no heating issue whatsoever. And as even though everybody keeps saying it's nowhere near as good as the oversampled 4K or even the 8K, which obviously that's expected. I was still hoping like, okay, but Nobody has said the four, it is bad. That nobody has said that normal 4K is bad. In fact, everybody said is it's basically either on par with the EOS R or better. slightly better. So I was just like, okay, I my I had no problems with the image quality of the EOS R at that point. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll just shoot some 8K, like still because I always I was only going to use 8K for like very specific reasons, like re. Like multiple, so I can use for stock footages and um, master shot, master shots, and maybe some reframes. But that was really it. I wasn't going to, I wasn't planning to do whole projects in 8K um, with that. But hearing that Armando was like just in a few minutes of just trying to set it aside to just get things set up. Yeah, that this that's brought up concern. It brought apparently it's concerned enough that Canon has basically called it back and. This was one of the biggest fears I had with when one of the things when I don't know if you saw the video I posted, like when they first like when they first announced the C300 Mark three and then they sort of brought all the specs 
of the R5. Mm-hmm. I put out, I was like, can't, I was like, as long as they just be themselves in terms of like reliability, they were going to be fine. They yeah. were going to be great. It was going to be great cameras. But I was like, because don't try to, because there was at that point, nobody in the market was competing with them. So I was like, look, just don't rush it. If it seems like there's going to be problems, just take the time with it because you only have one shot at this. And they did, it's looking like that's not how they went. So. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just going to start probably, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be with the R5. I still have my pre-order, but we'll see how things go, especially since now there are starting to recall them. So, yeah. yeah the thing- and then there's the A7S, there's the A7S3. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, before we get to the A7S3, I just want to say one thing on about the Canon R5 is that do you, well, I want to ask a question. Do you think, did they did they shoot too high for the down sampled 8K? And the only reason I say that is because this is really Canon's only what second or third generation completely mirrorless camera. So this for them, this is still this mirrorless completely mirrorless camera game is still is still fairly new, and we've had the the 6K down sampled uh, sensors in like the Sony A6400 and A6600 for a while now. Do you think that mm-hmm. maybe? Canon try to aim too high going for 8K right away? Should they have done like a down sampled 6K type thing that could have, I mean, it's kind of impossible to know what Mm. all is causing these overheating issues, but you have to think Mm. like just going from, uh, from having 4K sensors that you were cropping to now completely uncropped 8K sensors. Like, okay, maybe, maybe you should have tried for 6K first. What what do you think about that? I mean, I felt like if there was, I don't know. I honestly don't, I can't honestly say I know. All I will say is that they clearly felt they were confident enough that they could aim for it. Because, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen it before. Sony has done this as well, just not to the degree that Canon has done it. Their their A7R lines are essentially their 8K sensors. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you can... And you can um, downsample, though. Uh, I don't know if it's full, completely oversampling. I believe in twenty four is completely oversampling, but I, where you oversample the sensor and get a much sharper four K image. 4K image. Yeah. But um, I felt like it's like I feel like it's definitely doable. I just don't know. I just think they. I think they really underestimated the heating system. I was, I was, cause I was just thinking, okay, maybe they would come with like some sort of fan and like the, like the external, like battery grip, mm. like put a fan in the battery grip that's and then have use idea. that. Cause that's what I was saying. I was like, yeah, just put a fan in the battery grip and like use that to circulate the heat. Um, but that's not, it looks like that's not what they're going to do. It looks like they're maybe building like a mount system that will create like a passive unit for it, which we'll see. Um, I don't, we'll see. I don't know to ask, but sorry, but to answer your question, I don't know. I honestly don't know if it, they were reaching too much. I can't because I can't knock them for going for trying to go the distance. Yeah, especially after so many people have spent years getting on them for not going the distance. Like, okay, I'm like, you definitely. I can't knock you for trying, but I also feel like you also set a standard for for a lot of people like me who shoot on their cinema line of cameras. Yeah. That you have a, the one thing that we always felt is that they may not have given you everything you needed, but at the very least they give I'm sorry, they didn't give you everything you wanted, 
but they at least gave you what you needed and not had to give you oh they give you they didn't give you bloated stuff like there's a couple com- companies that will just bloat you and throw some stuff at you mm-hmm. and it's like but it's like well how why are you giving me this when this is not usable yeah like the one that comes to mind is prior to the a7s3 was sony cameras like they had S Log three and all their cameras, but I'm like, why are you throwing this in here when it's an eight bit? Ca- yeah. I'm like, all your cameras are eight bit. Even when we go out, it's eight bit. There's no point of this. Why are you keep throwing this in here? So yeah. But at the same time, it's just so yeah. I'm just like, I can't fault them for trying, but I feel like they, if they were gonna go it, they should have really let. I always say they should have just given this more time, at least now, because I I know I. A lot of people have seen me as like one of their big biggest defenders, um, but they definitely, sh- based on seeing what things are now, especially everything that's come out, it looks like that. Yeah, they should have given more time for it. Yeah. Or what are the, your thoughts, man? I, I mean, the the R five on paper is like it's damn near the perfect camera. Shout out to Casey with conspiracy theories. Damn near shut down his channel. Um, I think. It's still, I still, if these overheating issues get fixed, as someone who owns the S1H, like just to have reliable autofocus in a sensor that does, even if I never touch the AK, is is yeah. worth it for what I do. So like I've, I've always said that I'm more than likely I had planned on getting the R5 at some point. I'm not in a rush because I do have the S1H, so I'm, I'm in a place where I can do some jobs, save up for it, and eventually that was my plan for that to be my camera. Um, But I think that, you know, all these, pro- I'd be crazy right now to pre-order it. I need to wait to get some more hands. I just, I don't understand why they didn't have a fan in it, even regardless. Mm. It, it, I, mm. Like when you do something in 8K, like, and and because the S1H show that you can have a, a fan and still keep the weather sealing, I don't know, maybe they just don't, I don't know if Panasonic has a, a patent on that technology right now. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get into those type of details, but because it's possible even if you would have took another year, you still would have, like, this camera is so advanced. If they would have pushed this camera back another year to figure out how to get the fan and the weather sealing, it still would have crushed the market. Like, it still, it would have been the best thing Canon's uh, yeah. released in uh, the mirrorless. I think, I think we, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, here's the thing. If that, if there's a way to resolve the overheating issue, this camera is, is pretty much going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Just... Like, because even with all the heat overheated, like I was watching Jared as he was switching between the S1H and the R5, mm. and the difference is almost immediately noticeable. Exactly. It's like it, it, the image out of that thing is so beautiful. Um, yeah, and uh, if uh, yeah, I totally understand. Like, if people want to say, "Hey, it's crazy to pre-order," and it, it is right now. I totally, um, I can totally understand that. I'm just like, if that yeah, if that overheating can figure out an overheating, this camera is it's going to be a problem but right now it's a problem for a different reason (laughs) exactly and i love your idea i hadn't even thought about that a a battery grip that somehow incorporates a fan Mm. right there you you you've improved the problem so uh but yeah i I don't want to i don't want to feel like like i'm trying to but because again this was the camera i'm on i'm a lumix person only because that was the first camera that i g7 was the first camera i ever bought to do youtube videos and so yeah. i just bought into the panasonic system i love their colors i won't lie um but the autofocus as i got into like more doing more than sitting head and actually taking jobs i'm just like i can work around it but it's frustrating as hell i'm not gonna lie panasonic's oh, auto- no, no, no. <laughs> it's did just- you ever see my did you ever see my video on the s1h yeah i did yeah i did yeah but i i like the camera but when i was 
when I was just trying to deal with that autofocus system, it's death from defocus. I wish they would just stop push trying to push death from defocus and just really move on to a new system because that's one of, if they could just resolve that, just like if Canon just resolves this overeating issues, if Panasonic just resolves that autofocus issue somehow, that, that, those are, it can be like a really true amazing, I mean, it's still a great camera, but it can be a really amazing camera. But, and same with, same with the R5. Like, if you look at the R5, everything about it screams good. Like, the Ibis is is really good. Like, the, the few times I've seen it, mm-hmm. yeah, it has some wobble to it, but for like, at least for me, where it's more like more pan, slow pans, and more like try to do more tripod shots and more pans, not trying to do any crazy running, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, no no Ibis is going to replace a gimbal, period. None. <laughs> but the Ibis was like top tier. Autofocus is all you know is top tier, and they've made it better. So throwing in that, especially throwing in 8K and comparing also with those RF glasses, especially like that bazooka 28 to 70 f2 lens like this camera it was in position to do damage and but yeah it's 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 not ready for prime time clearly yeah hopefully they can get it figured out man because that's that's going to be the camera and i f- honestly feel like when buying that camera even if they even if for some reason they have to do a recall and like i said they take a few months to figure it out it's still going to mm-hmm. be the most advanced camera on the market Period. It's just, yeah. It just is. It's so far advanced that it, it's going to take these other companies a whole nother generation to to even think to match it. And by then, hopefully, Canon's on to something bigger and better. So this, you know, we'll, we'll see. Canon's going to. I have. I do have faith that they're going to figure it out in some way. Like they aim for the moon. You have to. You have to get it. But let's get into this A seven S three. All right. Let's get into it. So a camera that within. 12 hours of being announced was dubbed the perfect video camera for video by a lot of YouTubers within. T- I've never seen people flock to a camera. So even the R5, people were more doubtful. People were ready to anoint the Sony a7S 3 as the perfect camera. The moment that it, it, it got, a, it was made official. And to me, it just looking at it, it was like, okay, I get it. Like, especially, I wonder if this didn't come out in the shadow of the R5 and the overheating issues with people have jumped, jumped on that bandwagon so quickly, but now it also has overheating issues. Now there's been some uh, reports that that overheating issue is only because they didn't change the overheat setting to high from low. Regardless of that, everybody, everybody who picks up the camera isn't going to think to do it. So it's going to have some overheating issues for some people, but Mm. I don't know, man. I, I, you tell me how you feel about like. I would always say Gerald Undone is a reviewer that I trust. Like I trust him wholeheartedly over anyone, uh, any like single reviewer because he goes so in depth on it on his on some of his reviews. But this was kind of the first time where I'm like, all right, Gerald, how didn't you find this? And at the same time, his video drops. We got we got Dan dropping a video saying the camera overheats. It was like they those videos dropped within like thirty minutes of each other. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, well, yeah, I love Gerald. I love Gerald too. I was actually on his live stream when he was testing the R five, and I was in testing the R five and the, when he was testing the R five and R six. Um, love, I, I love like just how technical is. Like, he definitely helps me consider a lot of cameras that I look into. Uh, but yeah. It was it was interesting, like how it just the reaction was so different when 
R5, when the R5, when Canon themselves, let's be clear, Canon themselves came out and was like, yes, we have some overheating issues. And of course, Peter McKinnon came out. They put it in their own like release launch video that the Canon was overheating issue. And all of a sudden, like everybody was ready to declare it dead. The Sony comes out and I, and I got it. And I even gave credit to Sony on my video on their, their, my first initial thoughts video. They were smart. I thought they at first I when they happened when they delayed the 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 release. I was like, okay, why are you conceding to Canon? If clearly you have feel you have the better camera, why are you conceding to Canon? But it ended up being smart because maybe Sony got some insider whiff about this issues with the <laughs> Canon. Yeah. And they I mean, they tailored their marketing to really point people to put a contrast between the Canon, the R5 and the R6 and the A7S three, So I got to give him kudos for that. And of course, yeah, overheating. And let me respond to the overheating. Dan, who did who did that testing and got the overheating. Um, first of all, Hugh Brownstone from Three Blind Men and the Elephant also. Oh, that's another person I trust. I, I don't yeah. question Hugh at all. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but they both experienced, but the other thing was Dan actually did a second test okay. and he addressed that specific thing that really probably was like the heat management um, option. He actually turned it on and the same result happens oh, where wow. the Sony a7S III overheated faster than the R5. It seems like the R5, while it overall, it in general heats faster, overheats faster, it seems to be more self-contained to where no matter the environment, it's going to be roughly the same. Whereas the A7S III, at least now, granted, this could be this could be a pre-production model that Dan had. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost certain this is pre-production model since the camera doesn't even come out to the end of September. Yeah. But um, and but it seems like the A7S III doesn't have that same thing. Where it's like if it's in very hot conditions, that it will it doesn't manage the heat a lot better. It seems to manage heat better in more well-controlled environments than it does in very extreme environments, which, I mean, Philip Bloom even acknowledged it during his uh, live stream chat with um, Carl, ProAV TV. So, yeah, there's overheating problems, but the reaction is so, it's so Different. interesting how it reacts. Yeah. Like, Sony, Canon overheats. See, Canon, total fail, knew it. Oh, somebody says Sony overheats. Totally discredit. Bring me their heads. <laughs> like, like, to me, I don't, I don't, I'm, I, look, I like Canon for the simple fact that every single, I, again, I've worked mainly with their cinema cameras, um, but every but the cameras that they tend to work with, and even from people that use their DSLRs, they just, they're so reliable. So to me, I, I, but I'm not, that's the reason why I had you with the C200, but I'm, I, I'm not like loyal to Canon. I'm not loyal to Canon. I'm not loyal to any camera company. I don't care who tr ultimately triumphs. I don't care if Sony uh, ends up beat out beating Canon or Canon outbeats Sony because neither one of first of all neither one of them are paying me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why should I care if who's going to win if I'm not going to pay? I'm paying them for their camera products. Why? Exactly. So I. I don't care. Canon, Panasonic, Blackmagic, Z, whatever camera company. The point is, I'm like, I don't feel the need. I just, I just don't like. I just wish people were more incons more consistent. But I've never seen such a glaring response from a from commentaries from one camera company to another. And but let's talk about the A7S 
three right now. I think it's a look. It's a really good camera. I think it's a really good camera. Potentially a great camera. Um, my only concern is that I I feel that I feel I personally feel like me personally that it's going to be a camera that I may be having for like a couple years because of its 12 megapixel. It, it can't it doesn't go with higher resolutions. And if I want to move into trying to do oversampling higher resolution content. I don't have that option. So I'm eventually going to move away from it. Yeah. So whereas with the R5, yes, it has its problems, but if they can resolve these problems, that's a camera I see myself having for like six, seven years. Yeah. So over, but yeah, the Sony is a, it's a really great, really solid camera. Um, I just, but was, is it five years, but is it five years worth of, good of greatness that's the thing like I, if this was t- if that camera came out like two years ago it would have been that camera would, that camera would be like dominating but now where every well like a lot of the cameras are are going into the resolutions that are offering a that are offering internal raw recording options it just it feels like a moment in time camera for me at least yeah. i don't know how how do you feel about it so, yeah I, I feel like if this would have released around the time of the original uh, EOS R and maybe the S1H, it would have by far been the, the camera to blow everything out the water. Like, uncropped 4K, well, it has a slight crop with a 1.1 crop, which isn't much. Um, that, that, that's not a crop. Yeah. I don't consider that a, okay, really a crop. Yeah, that's, not, that's not bad at all. But um, then, like, to do the 4K at 120 frames per second, that we until the canon r r the canon uh r5 we hadn't didn't have a camera that did uncropped high res high frame rate 4k like we didn't so it would have been full frame yeah full, full frame. frame so it would have been groundbreaking in that sense uh it just feel it feel it feels like a a logical upgrade from the a7s2 yeah. but it doesn't feel like five years like if this is what you guys have de- developed in five years where canon did what they did and the s1h did what it did and other cameras as well black magic yeah. and what they did with the 6k I mean, black line. magic has a 6k yeah oh hell black magic the ursa mini pro g2 shoots 150 frames per second in 4k that's crazy so so the Z cams, uh, the full frame Z cam F6 shoots 100, uh, 120 frames per second in 4K. See, so there's a lot of cameras that can shoot 4K 120 frames per second. This is just the first full frame without crop a major crop yeah. that can do it uh, in 120 frames per second, which is still I, I you got to give credit uh, Sony sorry Sony credit for work. Uh, credit where credit's due they did deliver something that uh, well uh, technically the r5 did it first but sony's bringing something that uh, not a lot of cameras have right now so i gotta give them credit for that i again i think for the moment it's a solid solid camera i just don't know if it's right for me that doesn't mean it's not right for a lot of people yeah i know there's a lot of people i look at i'm like they're gonna love that camera they they should go for that camera. Especially Hell, if you I have a bunch still, of e, e mount glass. Like if you have a bunch of yeah. lenses for e mount. Oh yeah, yeah. If, let me be. Yeah, if you are in the Sony system right now, um, if you are in the Sony system right now, I totally think this is this is the no brainer camera. Yeah. The absolute no brainer camera. For sure. What were you about to say though? I know I cut you off there. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. What I was um, what I was just oh, basically what I was gonna say was that I'm I don't know. 
if the if Sony A7S right. I'm going to still get it to just t- rent it, test it. Hell, I may, I may buy it myself, depending on what, look, depending on what happens with the R5, I don't know where I may be. I don't know where I'm going to be in terms of a small body camera because that was the main thing I'm trying to look for right now. Because I have my I have my main uh, cinema camera, I have my B camera, pocket cinema camera, six K. I was really looking for like a nice camera that can do stills for BTS and even be a potential B camera, maybe C camera for major projects or even. Anyways, but and I was looking at the R5 because it's like it ticked every single box that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But depending on what the R5 is, I I don't know what else is out there that ticks the boxes that I want. Um, so the, the A7S two, the A7S three may be that one. I don't know yet, but right now it's just, I'm not sure. Like, I think it's a great camera for a lot of people. I'm just not sure it's a great, it's the right camera for me that makes sense. personally. Do you plan on getting it to test it? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh no. I'm going to get the ace. I'm going to get the A7S uh, rented and test it. Um, I, it's it would be I would be insane. First of all, just as a gear review, you know, camera review content channel, yeah. I would be a fool not to get it. Yeah. Definitely. So, but just you know to see how it would fit and just to see how it works, and also maybe potentially see it in my workflow. Yeah. Uh, I'm de- so I'm definitely going to rent it out. And by the way, I would tell everybody, you know, uh, definitely just try cameras out, try them out, yeah. uh, rent them, see them if it works for you. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think overall my, like where I'm sitting at with the A7S three is that it's, it's a, especially if you're in the email system, it's a no brainer. Um, if you're looking to get into like make an upgrade, if you're, you have a three, four year old camera, um, and you may be looking into moving to a different system. I don't know if I would suggest it just because it's like at that, at that price point, if I'm trying to spend money, it's something that I don't, I hope that I don't have to upgrade for at least three to four years. And I just, you know, the, I get it. And it's been proven the 12 megapixels looks great. It's a sharp image, whatever. But in every test that I've seen, the R5 blows that image quality out the water. Um, So I just hope that they can get that right, man. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's, and that was the other thing. And not just the R, uh, not just um the R5, I also wonder, well, what is Sony now going to do with the rest of their lineup? Yeah, because especially with a with the A7S at the price point that it is at thirty five hundred dollars, like I know somebody was saying, hey, just make the R's the uh, the US not sorry the um the A7R just make that just pure still camera and make that just in the A7 a the solid the good hybrid camera that's master of none. But that's what they already are right now, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, so basically you're t- saying just do nothing. Just have Sony do what they do with their R- their RX lines. It's basically just release the same camera with just <laughs> one two ch- little changes. Yeah. Cuz yeah. but it's kind of but at the same time I'm looking like well Sony's kind of opened the door um with the dual card slots where you could do CF Express type Oh yeah, a. we didn't talk about that either. That's an amazing like the the multiple That the, was a yeah. That was a genius move. I, I credit was credit dude. That was a genius move where you can basically backwards compatible to both SDs and CF Express. Uh, I think that was a definite genius move on that part. Yeah, definitely. That was that was a that that could be a game changer in the sense that maybe that's the new standard now because people CF Express more expensive 
faster write speeds, of course. And then I think uh, like a, a couple weeks ago, like they plan on like making faster speed SD cards now. Like they've they're working out some new technology too. But the fact that you've now made your camera to where, regardless, it's future proof in the in at least the memory that it can use, and that, mm. that's a, that's a great thing. I I didn't even know that that was possible to make dual slots that can take either either SD or CF Express Type A. I think it is. That's, that's yeah, genius. Type A. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I know they you could do it with XQD because CF Express Type B is basically the same as um, XQD, which okay. is like on the Nikon's and the big Sony cameras. Which is why I was so surprised why they didn't why Sony didn't put like CF Express backward try like go CF Express with the FX9. But that's a different story. I'm digressing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but since they opened that door with those two with that uh, backwards compatibility option and the fact that, okay, we clearly know you have the media, you have the processor to deal with certain speeds. You clearly have the ability to do resolutions mm. and you are, I mean, you already are able to do oversample resolution of six K. Yeah. We already know that you already do it with the a seven three. So are you now just not going to go six K on the a seven three, even though we know you would now have the media speed, you have you built the new codec, the new XAVC SI. Yeah, we know you have the codecs to do it. We know you have the media to do it, and we know you can oversample. So we know you can at least try to process it. So are you now not going to do that in order to protect the A7S3? <laughs> that that doesn't seem like so. That's not yeah, really it's Sony. Not a Sony move. No. So I'm for me, I'm just like, so I'm going to be interested to see what Sony does with the other ones of their cameras. Is is Sony going to try to go 8K with the A7 with the next A7R mm -hmm. with their video? I doubt they will. I don't think they will. I think seeing how Canon situation is right now, I think they're definitely going to try to take their time. Hopefully it's not another five years. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait another five. They may completely get left in the dust if they wait another five years to, to make an upgrade like this. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, but yeah, that you're, but you're right. That price at $3,500, you got, I mean, you got the F, the S1H and the R5 all in that same price. And look, Image quality wise, I mean, again, I can't really speak fully about it because I don't, ha I haven't had both either the R5 or the A7S3 in my hands personally. But just on the videos I've seen, it's all, it's on par with the R5, mm. and the S1H is slightly better. Yeah, and it's it has slightly a better image quality. So it's really hard for it's really that's why I said it. It's it's really hard for me to go full into on the Sony on the Sony when uh, to go in on this camera when there's so many other things in the market that can really um, that can also suit the needs. I would what what would you how would you feel? Do you think I don't, I don't think the car slots are big enough. Maybe they are. But may do you think Panasonic may do something like they'll do a reach like a call in for like camera all the cameras and sort of reverse engineer the car slot to allow uh, CF Express Type A? I don't think they'll do a call. I think I think maybe they'll look into it with the G eight six, which reportedly is probably going to be their next camera. But I really think the next iteration of the S line is going to be if if they can get this time of flight autofocus that we've heard and, and it can mm -hmm. correct their depth from defocus system and they can they can eliminate the crop like honestly the s1h with better autofocus 
the 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 uh, dual card slots that can be used either way, even if they just do it 6K uncropped or whatever, mm. it's better than the A7S three to me without any other updates. I'll tell you. Let me. I'll 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 be honest with you. Um, if Panasonic was just to solve that autofocus issues and uh, find some way to give me an all live versions of their 6K uh, modes, mm. I would totally buy the S1H. Because those were my big those were my big problems with the S1H was that the 6K modes they're so annoying to deal with in post. Bro, I tried it once. I've so I've only shot one thing in 6K since I've had this camera, and my computer, <laughs> I swear, looked at me and said, "Nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it." <laughs> Just, no, I, I no, I I literally like I try Resolve. I'm in DaVinci Resolve and. Da- I literally dropped in DaVinci Resolve, and DaVinci Resolve just said, just looked at me, just like, really, really, this is what, really, you're gonna give me this? Nah, we're just gonna sit here and look, but we're just both gonna sit here and look stupid. <laughs> like that, that was my thing. It's like if you can just resolve that. And I know ProRes RAW is supposed to sort of help that. Yeah. I have my beef with ProRes RAW. Um, I don't know if you want to go into like oh, about a little bit more on the ProRes RAW because that was also something that just got like side, got, oh, like side, <laughs> oh, so, snuck in. Yeah, and they they waited till wasn't it like a day or two before it was supposed to be released and then say, oh, you know what? We're not doing it. It's not coming out. Uh, yeah. People had already released their YouTube videos reviewing the ProRes Raw and everything. And then they're just like, you know what? Yeah. It's not happening. And then like yeah, uh, no, uh, Adam, Adam is like, I think a, a representative from them said that, oh, well, we'll, we'll try to get uh, like, basically they're trying to look at it towards the end of the year. Now it's like, what the hell happened? I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. Well, no, actually they just released it today either today or yesterday did they yes oh <laughs> they released shit it like that's they released it today or like yesterday <laughs> like it was like either right after the a7s3 or like the oh, same wow. day of the ac3 or right after <laughs> yeah just this little slide i was like oh yeah pro is raw it's now in the so- s1h <laughs> oh man you gotta love you gotta love this this camera wars man it's it's crazy it's just crazy but yeah I, but ProRes Raw, so I know a couple of people have asked me why is it that I have issues with ProRes Raw. My issue with ProRes Raw right now, and based on what I hear with Philip Bloom, that may change, maybe. But my main issue is that it sort of misrepresent what Raw is. So let, the benefits of ProRes Raw right now is the fact that it's very compatible with a lot of machines. You can work well. The only, like, Italy, it doesn't work with at all is DaVinci Resolve, which okay. personal problem for me, but nonetheless, is that it's you know it it plays back smoothly. You can play it even like when you're just clicking on it in like a folder, you can play it back. It's very very for a large for a very very uncompressed uh, format. It's very it's like yeah for less I guess le- not throwing out as much information as it could it's a less compressed format so it still doesn't throw up as many it doesn't burn through uh, media cards as something like uh, ProRes XQ444 it's basically a, it's basically a compressed version of ProRes XQ44 okay. my issue comes on the raw side if you've worked anybody that has sort of worked with a raw format whether if it's redcore raw canon raw light black magic raw any whatever raw you have 
it does not ProRes Raw does not give you control over certain metadata information that is like critical. Mm, okay. The main ones is being you can't change the color temperature, the tint, or the ISO. So all of that is baked in. That you almost can't defeats change. the purpose of RAW. Exactly. That's why I was like, those are like the main things that we go for RAW. Every single one of the other RAW codecs I mentioned, you can do all of that and then some. Like Canon RAW Lite, which is outside of Red Core RAW, my favorite one. Um, you can change the color temperature, the tints, the ISO, the highlights, the gain, the lift, the gamma. You can change the gamma to whatever log curve you want or 2 over 709 or Trek 2020. You can change the color science. Like there's so much stuff you could you could basically do your whole color correction right in the raw development tab. And this is mainly for DaVinci Resolve. You can change all of that and basically get like your color correction, everything right there. So then all you, if you want to do like, you know, go with more of a creative look, you can basically use the node and make dest destructive changes there. But ProRes Raw, you only can change the exposure. Mm. So that's why I say that that's my issue with it because it's really not a raw codec. But Philip Bloom mentioned in his chat with um, Carl that there's this new um, plugin called Scratch, and basically it adds more metadata control to ProRes RAW, which is, uh, it gives you the white balance, it, give, like, it gives you the Kelvin, it gives you the tint, it gives you the ISO changes. Though the problem that, the potential problem that I heard from them was that it's quite expensive. The plugin is quite expensive. Mm. And that there's some, I don't know if it's like a subscription, uh, a subscription pay or it's like a large upfront pay, but from what their conversation was, it's, it's a costly plugin, which I don't see, which seems silly to me that I have to pay for what a raw codec should, should have. Be. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So clear, but clearly it is because clearly ProRes raw is raw. It's sensor data, but Apple needs to get off their butts and actually give us the metadata controls. And then hopefully Apple Atomos and black magic's beef can eventually like cool off where they both just work with each other's raw codecs. But I don't think that's coming to happen for a while. Yeah. But that's my, otherwise, yeah, ProRes Raw is an, would be an amazing option. But until I, I just can't recommend ProRes Raw for anybody that's looking for a raw codex, like an actual raw workflow, because it's, that's not what is represented. And that's been my beef. But if you're someone that's just like, hey, I wouldn't mind having like a more compressed version of ProRes 444, then yeah, ProRes Raw is option. It's perfect. It's great. Well, there you have it. Uh, it, it I and I can't because I've I've never really worked with raw again because all I've had is Lumix cameras. I've never really worked with raw. I haven't had a, a reason to yet. Um, so I was looking forward to the raw update, but but we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll definitely probably use it on on a job whenever I get another one after COVID's over, man. Yeah. Um, but what what do you think? So like just to kind of wrap everything up, like we've gotten so many announcements between like. Uh, the Sony ZV-1, the uh, Lumix G100, or whatever that's called, to the Canon R5 and R6, the Sony. We got a damn 12K camera that was announced at one point. Like <laughs> 12K, 60 frames per second. 8K, 110 frames per second. 4K, 240 frames oh per second. Oh, my God, man. What do you... What, what would be something that, that would completely catch you off guard? I've always said, just so I could get mine out the way, that 
uh, Black Magic, I think, is going to announce an AK camera within the next year. It's going to happen. A, a pocket, I, I should say, one, one, another okay. one of their pocket line. What do you What do you mm. think? What What do you think is the next one on the horizon? Because now everyone's just trying to t- trying to top each other. I mean, for a camera to surprise me, well, that's kind of hard. Black Magic <laughs> kind of just took that already with their 12K Ursa Cas- Mini Pro casually camera. announcing a 12K camera. Like, yeah, like at that. Like at that point, I'm not surprised anymore by anything. <laughs> I'm, I, I honestly am not. So I'm just like, okay. Um, I actually, I actually. The question is, I I think Black Magic will probably announce either a Super 35 8K pocket camera, mm-hmm. or they're going to do a full frame 6K Ooh, camera. Okay. But I think there will be now. Most likely, I'm leaning towards more of the 8K, and simply because. I mentioned this, uh, and that is they've invested heavily in 8K content delivery. Mm-hmm. Like Blackmagic has invested heavily, like all their like new constellation equipment. The, these equipments that cost like like I there there's some red cameras don't don't equipments that Blackmagic put out for 8K content delivery. Mm-hmm. They need the 8K bodies now yeah. to deliver that. So obviously the Ursa 12K is the first to sort of handle that sort of business. I think they're going to try to come with, I don't know if it's a pocket camera. Maybe it's another, they may come with like a whole new lineup or something, or maybe like a revamp micro. I don't know if you remember the micro cinema camera that they had. Wow. But it's, but it's essentially, it was the, it was the Z cam before the Z cam. Mm. It's like this little box cube camera that was like designed for micro four thirds. And that you could just pick up. It was literally the size of a golf ball. Um, But, it was just so annoying because the, you had to have all these little um, these little plugins and power cords that you had to string all together. But anyways, I think they may revamp that and deliver something like a, similar to what Zcam has in terms of body. Because I hope so. Because I love my Pocket 6K, but that body frustrates the hell out of me at times, especially with gimbals. I can imagine that. I've I've never I've never worked with a, a Black Magic Pocket uh, 4K or 6K. It's actually what I had planned on buying before the S1H was announced. But um, mm. I can only imagine like what that would work, work look like working on a gimbal because it's just so, I don't know why they, I get it. They wanted like the cameras to have this unique look and it, it's functional because like you can build it and kit it out. So that shape kind of makes sense to that. But it's just such an odd shaped camera, man. Yeah. No. Like the thing is. It could still have worked for most gimbals. The issue is that the mount is is off-centered. It's okay. off-centered to the left. So every time you put a lens on it, you put more weight to the left side, which throws everything off. So, but yeah, I don't know what was surprise. Honestly, I don't know what would surprise me. Here's what one thing I want is, I guess what I'll say what I want in the future. I would like somebody to just deliver a small, compact um, 8K camera with like, industry leading autofocus. I don't mm. right right now the closest is is surprisingly red. Yeah. It's surprisingly red with that Komodo dragon. Um but I I I def I don't know if I it's too from what I've seen it's too limiting for my taste. Like it's limited in terms of codecs, it's limited in terms of recording options and what you can do using the full sensor readout. But I think if somebody, yeah, I, I don't know if who's going to try to ch- take on AK uh, like Canon did, 
But I think if there's going to be somebody that will try to do that, it would be Black Magic. It would be Black Magic trying to push something in the smaller market. I just don't know. Uh, my guess it would be a full um, uh, Super 35 8K camera, if my guess. They, I mean, they already have the sensor, so they, they that's not the issue at all. Do you ever think Red... I know I keep saying this is the last one. I, this is this is the last question I'll present. Do you ever think Red gets into like the more consumer mirrorless game? No, yeah. no. Yeah, I, I I don't see. I I if you're asking me, would they go to like a full blown like stills high like stills hybrid stills video yeah. hybrid camera? I don't think so because in their mind they've already have a hybrid camera because their resolutions are so high. And yeah, their yeah. quality is so great that you could pull still images right out from their cameras. Good point. Good so, point. Uh, but all right, man. Is there anything left you got you got that you want to present before you get you tell them where they can find you and all that good stuff? Uh, no. I think this has been a good conversation. I uh, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. But y'all can find me on my channel, James Jackson Films, and uh, you can follow me also on Instagram at uh, at Mr. Jamie Black. And yeah. Uh, I'm just a simple. I'm just a small. I'm just a small YouTube guy who just loves talking about film gear and film productions. So if you love that? Check my channel out. There you go, man. I, and I love how excited you get with like you. You you know, like some 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 YouTubers, it becomes like business. Like they just go through the ins and outs. You can tell. Like one thing that always keeps me coming back to you is that I. It, it feels like talking to like another tech friend uh, when it comes to cameras because you get excited, man. So I, I appreciate mm -hmm. everything you do, guys. Go ahead and make sure you follow him and check him out. Uh, that's it, man. Peace. Clear skies, white walls, sunset in my review as the night falls. Listening to old Kanye, feeling like new Kanye. My life in harmony, like two one years. Okay, I shouldn't have to tell you that I've been here. This is not a gimmick, please don't push me to my limit. I'll be getting tired of being friendly. I go hard until my tank is empty. I'm not really in the Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.